There are many expectations to be an upstanding member of society. We here at Attack of the Killer Podcast say, screw that. We are the misfits that refuse to conform to society. If there was only a place where all of us weirdos can go to fit in. Hidden in the shadows are towns where the ones shunned by the normal world can go to live in peace. That's right. Monster communities here on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello, all you misfits and weirdos out there, and welcome to our own personal society that we call Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike. This is episode 264 called Monster Communities. We will be talking about films that do not have just one monster, not two monsters, not even four monsters. But a whole population of monsters, creatures, and outcasts from the normal world. What a weird topic, right? Well, you see, here at Attack of the Killer Podcast, we discuss horror movies within a certain topic. And after 264 episodes, we have to really grasp at straws to get topic ideas. Uh, We are all just friends here on the show. We speak openly and freely about the movies, so no spoilers. There may be spoilers. We'll try not to. Now, if you enjoy the show and want more Attack of the Killer podcast in your life, you should become an attacker. How do you become an attacker? I'm so glad you asked. Good question. Go to jointheattackers.com. There you go. It's that simple. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you do have to sign up for a tier that you like and support the show. But hey, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Because you get all kinds of great stuff such as like bonus episodes, our video series, such as video updates, Insane Mike's Women at Top 10 list, killer critiques. <clears throat> you can get your own official membership card, certificate, and sticker. You can get shout-outs on the show and website. And if you sign up for our $10 tier, I will do a drawing of you as a monster of my choice that we, uh, that we call Mikey's Monsters. You can also get exclusive invites to special events like our monthly horror hangout show and tell where once a month we'll do say like about 30 minutes or so um, group video hangout uh, with with other attackers and us here, on, uh, the crew on the show. Everyone brings like about three items from our sweet ass collections like, you know, whether it be Blu-rays, action figures, whatever. And we show that off, talk about them with each other and have a good time. So much great stuff you can get. And all you got to do is sign up at jointheattackers.com. And also, speaking of the attackers, I do want to take a quick moment and congratulate attacker Brian Godsill for getting his letter read on Joe Bob's last drive-in. Fuck yeah, and I and he fell asleep. <laughs> he, I was awake freaking out with Brian Clark. <laughs> Yeah, that's freaking amazing. Well, in fairness, I I fell asleep by then too. Well, Chris, it wasn't my letter, so. And on the day that we announced he's coming to Iowa. Yes, this oh, that, yeah, that's true. 
That's such a weird. It's a good Joe Bob day. Great mm-hmm. Joe Bob. Every every Joe Bob day is a great Joe Bob. It day. is, and we're on the we're we're hitting to the finale here now. Uh, already? When, yep. When is he coming to Iowa though? Better October fifteenth, sure. a week after Halloween of Palooza. That's so right. two awesome weekends in a row where we all get to hang out. Woo! Mm. Woo! Anyway, I just wanted to say congratulations to Brian. That was really really cool. And now it's time to introduce you to our little society of misfits and monsters we call the Podcast Crew. His favorite monsters are the ones he's drinking right now. Jason, everybody. Hey, it's so true. Cheers, everybody. So happy to be here. Thanks for tuning in and listening. A giant lizard was destroying everything. Everyone was fleeing the city but him. He decided to stay where he was because he figured they were all doomed from the, the gecko. Tad. That was a really long one for one word punchline. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. I wouldn't if I were you. Hey, come on. Okay. And no Andy. And, yes, unfortunately, no he's Andy fighting this crime. episode. Yeah, he's fighting crime. That's all I can think of. Oh, okay. Wrangling cats. That's probably closer. Yeah. yeah. Yelling at Bob. Hey, listener. Yeah, you. The one listening while driving to work. No, not you. The one driving the orange VW bus. Have you been enjoying this season of Joe Bob? Boy, have I. Not you, Tad. I'm talking to the guy in the bus. Wait, what? You haven't been watching it because you don't have Shudder. You don't have the best in horror streaming services? After all this time, you still don't have Shudder. I can't believe it. Have I taught you nothing? Well, now is the time for all of you to get Shudder because we'll give you a month of Shudder for free. That's right. Tag of the Killer Podcast, we care. If you enter our promo code AOTKP, you can get your experience with Shudder uh, with your first month absolutely free. Again, all you gotta do is just enter our promo code AOTKP. It's that easy. Get your shutter on. Do it. Don't shutter on us, though. You trying to outpun me? <laughs> oh, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> back to, pulling back the curtain time. <laughs> so, uh, you know who is. This ain't the bonus episode. <laughs> You know who's been coming into my work at minimum of once a week here lately? I don't know. Who? Who do you think when we're talking about puns? Nick Sorek. Yes, that's right. And the Punisher I sw- himself. I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I swear, he walks around my store just looking at stuff. I don't think he's shopping. He's just thinking of oh, puns. I'm sure he sits at home and he's like, I got one. I'm going to GameStop. <laughs> I bet he it does. It's, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so, yeah, there was that. We love all types of movies here on the show, uh, but now it is time to find out what we've been watching besides the movies for this podcast. Here's Tad with What We Watched. What we Well, I know I haven't been able to catch a whole lot, but uh, hopefully you guys have. Jason, what have you watched? Well, uh, not a lot. 
recently, but I did want to talk about one I did watch. Um, it's a really great fucking movie that only Tad seems to be correct about, but Little Joe. Have you guys seen this? <laughs> yes, thank you. God damn, this movie's fucking awesome, and they're, apparently two of my friends that I thought had okay taste in movies are just sometimes just wrong, you know? And I'm here to, I'm glad I finally get a chance to expose the truth. The little poor Tad was left by himself. I wasn't there to back him up, and I feel bad. And now the world needs to know that Mike and Andy were dead wrong about little Joe. It's great. I'll, I'll buy you a, I'll buy you a potted flower and Stop. you can watch it grow. It'd be about the same. Okay. Bull crap, that movie's great. Have you guys seen Day of the Triffids or Little Shop of Horror? Because I've also watched them recently. Wait, which ones? Both of those. No, I mean which versions? Oh, the ones we watched for the show last week. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, because I wasn't here at the last episode. Uh, but I did watch the movies, I just didn't make it there. Uh, one, I did, though, I did get to finally catch up on Stranger Things, though. What do you mean weekend. by caught up? Are you the fir- all through the what's been the new season? Nice. Yeah, I didn't know if that meant you went back and rewatched other three seasons. Season? No, who does that? My boss started it from the beginning, and he's, he's been coming in. And he's like, you remember? And it's like he's he's like, man, this happened. And I'm like, you know, where are you at now? And he's telling me, and I'm like, I don't remember that. That's crazy because it's been fucking five years. Yeah, they're all they're all thirty years old now. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like wet hot American summer. Oh yeah. but true. <laughs> Considering this is this is supposed to this season's supposed to start like less than a year from where the previous yeah. season ended. Oh, it's easy to suspend this. The du- the Duffer said that because of that, um the next season, season five, they will actually have a several year time jump because there's just no way to Pull skirt it around it anymore. Yeah. 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 It's gotten so bad. Yeah, those the boys especially like yeah. the girls don't seem to age too age too much, but those boys like like I didn't even recognize Lucas when when you first saw him. Yeah, yeah. they're they're young men now. But it's hey, good, it was though. great. Yeah, it's fun. I, really I don't care. It. It's still a lot of fun. Yeah, it's too it. bad they couldn't uh, drop it like a year earlier to help save Family Video. Oh. I know, right? Oh yeah. How sad is that? Like, like, oh, Family Video goes it, that far back. That's awesome. it. Took it took so long for this to come out that Family Video was in business selling Stranger Things like yep. Family Video mashup oh. shirts and went out of business before the se- oh, season came out. That like, hurts. It's, yeah, it's it does. That, oh wow. Yeah. 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 They started filming, I think, pre. Internet's gone again. Oh, son of a bitch. Still there? Oh, hey, uh, hi. It dropped again right as you started that story. Oh, sorry. It wasn't oh, right. you to do it. <laughs> you can start right there if you want to say that all again. What was I saying? About family video. Oh, I was just saying... Um, when they started filming. And... Yeah, they, they started filming it pre-pandemic, and then obviously things shut down, and I think they got back after. And I mean, like, you know, two years difference, and 
I guess I'm guessing because I read Netflix spent like 30 million per episode this season. There is a lot of posts to do. So, you know, Mm. I I remember seeing the pictures of them like at family video. It seems like at least a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And it's like, yeah, a whole business went under while they were, (laughs) but 30 million an episode. Then I watched the season. I'm like, well, there are like an hour and a half episodes. That's a movie. Yeah. 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 Same production value as a movie, so why not? Definitely. And and it's weird how it's divided. We're just there's no rules anymore. There's only two episodes left mid season. How does that make sense? And really, the final episodes yeah. two and mid-season, a half hours. Though. Oh, mid season. But there's yeah. only two, there's it comes back July first with two new episodes, mm-hmm. and the finale is two and a half hours. Oh okay. my gosh. Of TV. Why? Well, why? Because there's so many freaking storylines and plot threads going on in this season yeah there was like a moment um there was like a moment where i'm not all the way caught up but we but brandy and i have been watching it we've been watching like an episode about every other night and um the one we just watched last night you know it's it started off with uh with uh winona Ryder and that other guy after the plane went down Mm -hmm. and we're kind of like oh we kind of forgot about them (laughs) You're right. Yeah. There's so much other shit going there's, on. There's like side quests. Yeah. Yeah. I know during it, I'm like, man, I just, because I am like you, Mike, I, nothing more exciting than the team up. Yeah, so, like, I'm spending yeah. the whole season being like, God, I can't wait for them to get back together and kick some butt. And then I'm thinking, that's a lot of fucking people in one scene if we get them all back together. <laughs> right, and we keep adding people. Now we oh. have Munson, Eddie Munson, yep. right? Yeah. And he's he's he's, he's rad. Great. Yeah, yeah, he's I awesome like and yeah. um, you know, and but it's like we yeah. lose one and we gain two and it's like <laughs> who's wait and, and then it feels Paul like are still here. Right. And what's what's the main kid, Will, the one with the bull cut? The, yeah. The Will, word, yeah. It feels like they have no idea what to do with him. Again. Yeah. yeah, they they yeah. Li- they literally had Duffers had to address that they forgot his birthday because it takes place within this time period. Yeah the 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 day um yeah they did kind of fuck that up the day Brandy looked into all of that um the day that uh, the skating rink thing happened yeah and somebody's filming it and they show on the camera footage the date which <laughs> is the date that they established as will's birthday like how do you Aww. fuck that up you could for will any other day out of the month he's got the worst haircut his friends are like you know sort of shitting on him this season but uh, yet he's still like the center character still sort of it seems yeah. like but yeah forgotten and yeah it's it's a pretty big cast Pretty big cast. Yeah. How do you guys feel about, um, uh, speaking of the new members of the cast, the, I can't remember his name now, the stoner the stoner pizza dude. Oh, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's funny. I like him, but there's only so much stoner comedy I can take. He, he's very um, stereotypical. Very, yeah. the token dude that works at the pizza place. Yeah. I forget his name, but he had yeah, the long hair and yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. So there, funny. there's a there's a scene. It's the scene where um, they just they just ran from the house when those other government people came in and started shooting shit up, and they were like went out in the middle of nowhere or whatever, trying to figure out what to do and burying the the body of the the other government guy, and uh, you could see the phone number on the side of the van. 
Well, Brandy called it. Oh, yeah, it. you can call it. Yeah, yeah and there, you get a message from that dude. <laughs> Surfer Boy Pizza. Yeah. And you, you can actually buy Surfer, Bo- Surfer Boy Pizza at Walmart. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, they have frozen Surfer Boy. And as a promo, Domino's, if you order pizza now, at least when I did like two, three weeks ago, they had the retro boxes. Like they used just the red, white, really cool red, oh, white, yep, blue. Oh, yep, yep. I just got one of those last night. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to a moment about talking about the um, family video thing. Uh, do you think they put family video in the series because Netflix felt bad for being partially responsible for the destruction of family video in the first place? I don't, you know, I don't, at least in our town, family video didn't come around until well after like Blockbuster. Like they were the last survivors. So I, to me, I'm like, this is sort of weird. I don't remember family video being this old, but I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, Blockbuster well, wasn't either. It was always mom and pop stores. Family video, we looked it up. Family video was established in like the, the late 70s. Okay. Well, yeah. then I'm glad that that's not completely inaccurate. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I watched. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mike, what did you watch? Well, the reason why I kept going on and on about talking about Stranger Things, because I also have been watching. I'm not all the way caught up, but I have also been watching season four, and I love it. It's it's one of those shows for me that... uh, What? No, go ahead. I just 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 love the characters, and I love watching them grow throughout this and their friendships, the bonds, and all that stuff. My favorite relationship out of... All of the seasons, throughout all of the seasons, is um, Steve and Dustin. Yeah. Like, and Steve is probably, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say honestly, I think Steve is my all time favorite character from the show because mm-hmm. he has had the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest growth. Like, he's kind of stagnant now. He's kind of, it's like, He's still still doing the same thing, it feels like, from three, but, you know, he's still buddy buddy with Dustin. I love that scene. You know, because there's just so many moments in all of the seasons where just Steve seems just so annoyed all the time, and and is is you know barking orders and being a dick, and but then like he makes that one comment about knocking Dustin's teeth back out, and Dustin's <laughs> like, "Whoa, too far!" And then they he like so Steve apologizes and they fist bump. Just little moments like that, I freaking love it, and the fact that Steve started out as like the complete. Asshole, preppy yeah. boy, high school preppy boy, asshole. That and then to have him turn around like this and be such a lovable character, it's just that's just to me that's just great writing and great acting, man. Yeah, I like the D and D aspect of the season, sort of fun, mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. pointing out the satanic panic of like people misunderstanding a board game, you know, yep. or misunderstanding. Yep. Like I, I sort of relate to. Eddie, in the sense, like, I was like that very much in mm-hmm. elementary middle school where people, like, he has black hair. and But, of course, I brought it on myself. I, You know, I was sort of like him where I was wanting to push people away. So I try to come off as abrasive and sort of scary and weird and, uh, you know, took me a while to grow into myself. But I wasn't satanic by any means or, you know. Yeah, well, Jason and I grew up in the middle of all that. Oh, yeah, I was uh, big into Boy Scouts, and we played D&D all the time, and so I, well, I was in the nerdy crowd. It was, that was me. Did you ever get backlash from that kind of stuff, though? Uh, Yeah, daily. School was hell, and I hated it. Well, I just mean kids like... Kids are terrible. What? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, 
kids today have bullied it, daily. Nerds today, I should say, have it lucky as far as no, like, they have no idea what it was what it was like to uh, be harassed and picked on and bullied for your interests. But I'm just saying though, the whole satanic panic thing, you ever have any any deals with that? Uh, the only deal I had with that is when I, I remember being uh, 14, 15, and my grandma was having a garage sale, and I don't know how she got this T-shirt, but there was an Iron Maiden T-shirt, and Mom was like, fuck no, you can't wear that. That's the devil. <laughs> no, you know what? I've probably told this. I know I've told really this story. That shirt. <laughs> I've told this story on my on First Time Podcast, and I've probably told on this, and anybody listening probably, you can hit that skip 15 seconds a couple times. But um, in elementary school, I wore a Marilyn Manson shirt, the Antichrist Superstar mm-hmm. album cover. And the principal like called me into the office and was like, you need to turn that inside out. And my mom worked at the school. And I was like, can I talk to my mom? They're like, sure. So they called my mom to the office. And my mom was like, if he turns his inside out, every kid wearing a church camp shirt today has to turn theirs inside Go out. Go, mom. Yeah, that's awesome. And she's like, you know, it doesn't have any any swear words on it. Um, it's just a different religion. Like, and you can't pick and choose which religions could be represented yeah, at school. Mom. And uh, so they were like, all right, wear your shirt. And uh then you wore it every week. <laughs> no, I didn't get that. No, I wore I wore other provocative shirts. Mom. The the uh I, my my trick in middle school every year was to sneak in and a, a really offensive T-shirt for pictures. That was yep. sort of my fun thing. That's so true. I wore like sixth grade. I think I wore the Degeneration X Suck It shirt. <laughs> um, then oh. I, I I remember wearing my brother's make. Remember the Make Seven Up Yours shirts. Make seven oh, up, yeah, up yours, yours on the back. Yeah, yeah. I wore that oh, to school. They had me uh, do that. I had a lot of skateboard shirts that were very provocative, like anime girls on them. But um. The one that I, I sort of tricked my mom into buying me was a white zombie shirt, and it had, like, like uh, Rob Zombie would always do these really cool illustrations. He did mm-hmm. the uh, hallucination scene from Beavis and Butthead Do America. Really yeah. good artist. A lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he drew this really cool, wicked, like, devil on the shirt and, you know, had white zombie sort of look like it was written in blood. And my mom was like, fine, whatever. She didn't look <laughs> at the back where it said 666, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> And of course, you know, that one was not one I was brave enough to wear to school, but I remember wearing it to friends and stuff. And it was like, dude, you can't wear that to our house. I'm like, uh, like, what's your mom going to kick me out? You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I definitely was very, very much like that where I wanted to portray an image and yeah, that's sorry to go back, Mike, but yeah, um, stranger things until you started talking, I forgot that I fucking hated this season. What you're hating this season so yeah, far? I do. Oh no. Um, not, not really, but yes, because like it seems like the first seventeen episodes, it's all about fucking L, like not catching a goddamn break, and nobody's believing her, and she keeps getting shit on, and nah, I fucking hated it, and it just kept going for every episode was just like, well, here's L just getting fucked over again, and nobody believes her, and I hated it. It was like so much. I know that f- I know her storyline so far has definitely fallen into me what off. you don't like. Yeah. yeah to see so movies I mean, I'm stuff. kidding. It was great and I love it, but man, that wasn't fun. I like I th- really didn't like that at all. I think that's tough to watch, and the whole uh, <sighs> trying to rescue a character who's in another country. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but um, yeah. it just seems so far fetched. I mean, oh, how is how? Oh. 
Yeah. The, it's not, <laughs> to expect reality-based decisions in this pretend show about monsters in an alternate universe is crazy for us to expect. But, the, but, but, but even on those standards... But Jesus Christ, is, they... There's so many fucking that wouldn't have happened in a million years, and that wouldn't have happened. How are they letting this? I mean, I know they got to get the parents out of there so the kids can do their thing. I get that, but yeah, and I yeah, I was worried about that from the start too, uh, Tad, with the storyline the the storyline you're talking about. Like, how are they going to, you know, bring this bring this person? No, yeah, and you're gonna find them in Russia. Okay, yeah. And yeah, uh, but uh, the series of events leading up to it is just like <laughs> holy shit! Like yeah, uh, just a, a, a string of events that could never you know one thing is unbelievable, and it's like a dozen of them yep. in a row. Yeah, yeah. And they survive a plane or a train or a plane, a plane, the plane crash. Yeah, yeah, it's like all this shit just to even mm-hmm. find them to get there to get you know everything to take out all the guards all. And, just yep. a million things had to go exactly right to get them where they do, and it's just sort of like, I I shouldn't question it. It's a show yep. about kids totally. on bikes and aliens, whatever. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. But again, I, I even I mean, question the kid story, and and I, I again, I, I don't know how far. I know Mike, you're not done, so I won't no, not spoil. Yeah. But there's another thing that sort of like, <laughs> I'm like, are you shitting me? This like these kids. If it, it seems like, um, what's Dustin like? He's he's very 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 good at figuring everything out uh-huh. <laughs> very easily i'm like jesus uh-huh. kid this kid should not be he should be working for nasa or something he can yeah. figure out other dimensions so easily without guessing he's i think this is what's happening oh perfect man uh-huh. but then they spend another 20 minutes with another villain type character explaining exactly like a 20 minute unbroken dialogue about what's happening we're like yeah we know dude like you don't have to say it out loud yeah. it, they, sometimes the, the duffers treat us like we're idiots like they don't yeah. trust their audience and then other times it's like just i don't know but it's fine it's it's bingeable but fun it's tv yeah. yeah it's yeah, bingeable it fun tv it's still fun i still love the character still invested yeah, yeah maybe totally. the writing isn't as strong as previous seasons it's it definitely maybe has the uh we got to go bigger and better we got to oh, go like, bigger and bolder i like the big bad sequel mentality oh yeah oh man yeah, he's that's cool. fucking cool i mean it's really cool that they're like if we're not going to have a nightmare on Elm street movie let's just take that plot <laughs> and make it a tv show <laughs> pretty much and it's the worst fucking cursed town of all time. Never uh-huh. get near Jesus Christ. Just move, guys. Come on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah. What else? Uh, what, <laughs> That's fine. We keep going because I honestly don't have a whole lot either. I kind of had to pull one out of the hat um, that uh, I had watched a little further back, but just didn't bring it up on a previous episode. But I watched The Runaways for the first time. Yay! It was great. The, the one about the rock girls? Yeah, about the band, yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. I love them. It was great. Good movie. And I freaking love... Kristen Stewart is awesome. Well, she was awesome, yes. I will totally give you... Kristen Stewart did a great, great job. Um, yeah, but my favorite was... What is his name? The guy who plays the manager. Um, mm-hmm. What's that actor's name? Thought you'd know. I haven't seen fine. it in so long. That's fine. Um, but I love. I loved him in the movie. He was just. He was just that like, just the right amount of like super dick asshole. But you could. Do you still know he cares about these girls? 
Is it Michael Shannon? Yes. Yes, thank you. Oh, Michael fucking Shannon. Michael Shannon's awesome. And yeah, I, so awesome. I, the, the I forgot that. Oh, looking at this cast, I forgot Scout Taylor Compton plays mm-hmm. Lita Ford. This yeah. is a killer cast. Dakota Fanning, Kristen Stewart, um, Aaliyah Shawkat, who played Maybe. You know, she's she's awesome. Yeah, great movie. Anyway, yeah. that's really about all I've watched. I wonder what Tad's been watching. I wonder. Oh, of course, Joe Bob. He showed the baby. <laughs> Holy shit, guys! This is a black like this. I cannot believe. And uh, sometimes I I wonder about Joe Bob's fan base. They're <laughs> complaining about the the baby. What? They complained have you, about the baby. Uh, the oh, baby's ever, awesome. They were turning out. You know what? The baby doesn't. Even if you don't think it's awesome, you're watching Joe Bob Briggs at the last drive-in. Yeah. This is a drive-in movie. This is the epitome of drive-in movie. This is what Joe Bob exists for, guys. Like yeah, I don't know why anybody, if if anybody truly understands what Joe Bob is all about, they would not be complaining about the baby. I. I don't. Yeah, I don't get that I, at all. I, I I'm like They're watching. Posers. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm like, this is the quintessential. This has everything. This movie was made for the last drive-in. Like. Not you know, and and he he does some mainstream you know does some mainstream stuff, and people they're like, I want to see him do this this and this, and I'm like, you've seen those right? I mean, yeah, I, I love when he introduces yeah. new things. I've heard about this movie forever; it's been on my watch list. But to see it with him and have him talk about the, the how it was made, you know, just this is quintessential. Like to me, this is like just a perfect Joe Bob uh, movie and a blast watching it. Um, also went back and checked out. He showed. Uh, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, which was um, a lot of fun. Was that Another, the same? Was that the same episode as the baby? I, I can't believe, remember. I believe so. Because lately, I anymore, and I, that's why I don't bring them up on my, what my what I watched. But anymore, because I usually work uh, till close on Friday, so I'll get home and catch maybe like about half of the first movie, and then it's like, well, I gotta work tomorrow, so yeah, I don't really, I haven't really gotten even through. Uh, through the second movie this season at all so and then he showed um i think it's called freak maker and also the yeah, mutations the mu- yeah the mutations uh, that was that was really cool that I, was th- just th- this past one yeah. yeah donald pleasant's movie i hadn't seen which is always awesome another one uh, that's like perfect for the last drive right yeah and he, uh, to me this season has been and maybe it's just because it's new and fresh in my mind but it just seems like it's been the best like he's getting into like the weird deep cuts he's not Everybody, it's funny, he does the clues every week, and people guess, and they have no idea. He, he, I mean, he did the stepfather and the mutations, and pe- people guess the stepfather, but they didn't guess uh, Freak Maker, because it's like, he argued that the, the connection to Father's Day was that Donald Pleasance has like four kids. <laughs> and I love Joe Bob for that, because he throws everybody off, and they're like, well, yeah, to almost every actor in a movie has kids as a dad. Well, Joe Bob's like, I don't care, that's that's my connection, we're doing this, and... uh you know, it's just you can tell he like loves this kind of stuff, you know. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah. yeah. And it's just it's it's so cool to me. It's like this is what it's about, man. Learning, uh, discovering new movies. That's why I I grew up discovering movies through him. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, I've mostly just been watching that. I I caught up on the boys completely. So that's that's oh, great. Yeah, oh, I still need to do that. I yeah, am. that's fucking awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, other than Snake Alley shorts, that's what I've been watching. <laughs> so I, I give myself a break every Friday to watch Joe Bob and then usually work while I'm doing it. But uh, that's sort of been my my uh, break and, and, you know, getting out of work mode for a little bit to relax, and I love it. I'm sad to see this season coming to a close, but happy to know we'll be seeing him soon. Mm-hmm. Yay! 
and and again when I was watching live and he starts he's like got a letter here from Brian from Galesburg and I'm like in the what? group chat like uh-huh. I think he's reading God's and of course me and uh, Brian Clark are the only two that are awake at 1 a.m. <laughs> and uh, we had people staying over and like someone was in the basement sleeping and people in the next room so I'm watching it with like the slowest volume I can because Nikki's sleeping on the couch, and I start to turn it up to get a video of it, and she like, wakes up, and she's like, turn it down. I'm like, but they're reading Brian's letter. <laughs> I'm like about to get a divorce to, to make sure to get a recording of Brian's letter. Uh, but, you know, it's just it, it's like, it, it's just part of that community, you know, so cool. Yeah. Like, our friend, we yeah. attacker Brian, who's on, you know, leave the voicemail every message. He's had his freaking mail read on the last drive-in and 90 percent of people do not care but we are so excited yes very very excited so awesome (laughs) all right cool well thank you tad thank Um, you you bet so we here at attack of the killer podcast we ask the deep important questions then you guys get to vote on who's right here's jason with poll position From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of pole position. We are the secret force. Hey, so let's take a quick look back uh, to previous pole position um, so we can let Brian Clark know who won since he won't Twitter. And from episode 262, the question was, what are the best horror movie fan theories? You guys remember yours? Good, I'll tell you. Uh, Insane Mike's was Signs, Aliens or Demons. I love that one. <laughs> Blair Witch, Didn't Kill Heather. Ooh, Jason said, Childs is the thing. And the Necronomicon is responsible for Jason, Freddie, and Ash. Tad says, Same Sam Loomis and Psycho and Halloween. And that Michael Myers is tethered. And Andy says, Jigsaw is Kevin McAllister. And Jack Torrance is a test subject for MK Ultra. Oh, guys, these results. <laughs> I, I don't know even think I, I want to know. I, I, I saw them. Uh, well, I mean, we'll get the obvious out of the way with 8% in last place. It's Andy. Hey, that's <laughs> highest he's had in all. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, let's see. And then two people tied for second and third. And one person ran away with it. And that person was me. Congratulations. 58%. Ted, Ted Mike got 17%. My theories, my, my theories were awesome. They what were. What the hell? I knew mine were not. I was not feeling great about mine. I assume it's the Necronomicon one that did it for me, but I don't. Hey, you, you deserved it this time, buddy. I got one. <laughs> I personally, you know, I, the one I wanted was the one Andy took, so I... Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably that 8% that voted for him, but... That's true. All right. Well, let's get on to today's episode of Pole Position. The question is, what is the best monster species? (laughs) I think I put an H in there. shouldn't have been. Um, But this is, uh, we're said broad, very broad in general, not specific. The, The species are... The, the general as we could about uh, which m- monster is the best. Um, we're going to do a snake draft, two rounds. Uh, let's do a quick sequence genera- generating. Oh, Tad's words. first, Tad's first, Tad's first. I know. So <laughs> uh, Mike's one, I'm two, Tad's three. Here we go. And we got Tad 
Jason, Mike. Tad gets to go first and sixth. Jason gets to go second and fifth. And Mike, third and fourth. All right, Ted, you're up first. First pick. Now, we discussed a little bit. Again, uh -huh. we just keep pulling on this curtain. Um, <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, we will. I think this is a species. I'm going with gremlins. Is that a species? Yeah, can it? It's absolutely. its own species, yeah. you know, coming from the Mogwai. Mm -hmm. so I yeah, consider absolutely. it a species, and there's different, you know, there's stripe and, and brain, and, I mean, you know, there's different variations within the gremlins, so mm -hmm, I'm going mm -hmm. with gremlins. That's a good one. Oh, boy. This is tough. What will make it back to me? <laughs> what crazy shit is Mike going to pick? Um, I'm going to go big, guys. Go big or go home, they say. I think this encompasses all the giant things. I'm going kaiju. God damn it. That's right. I win. Well, you know what? Um, Brian Clark doesn't even have Twitter, so... Well, see, I know. That's, that, I'll get God's Souls vote. I'm I had hoping. a whole speech prepared <laughs> where I was going to be like, this is, this is going to be the... This is going to be my soapbox of getting Brian Clark on Twitter by oh. picking Kaiju. That was what. That well, was the whole reason why I was going to pick Kaiju, just to get Brian Clark on Twitter. I can actually send him links to Twitter <laughs> that you can't. So I'll do that for sure. Thanks for the idea, Mike. But you're up Damn next. It. Pick three and four. You get the next two picks. I don't want to pick any. I'll go next then. No, I'm so just kidding. I, oh, okay. um, well, I'll go with... Uh, Going back to the bonus episode, I'm going to go with uh, Gilman. So I have, yeah, underwater creature, is that? Yeah, is that however you want to phrase it, I guess. I just lump it as Gilman, I guess. Gilman. Gilmans. Gilman. <laughs> okay. And then I'll go for the votes and I'll pick werewolves. Ooh. I'm so glad you did that. I feel like you're pandering to the girlfriend a little bit on that. Yeah, but, probably. Uh, that's why I'm going to win with my next pick. Oh, my God. I can't believe you left this one for me. It's the biggest monster genre in horror. I know where you're going. And it's actually... Zombie. Yeah. It's actually number one on my list, but I decided, since I can't have Kaiju, I'm, <laughs> I'm taking this it's whole okay. thing. No, zombie. it's a weak pick, man. Oh, sure. Not... Yeah, nobody watches zombie movies. Not anymore. Not since Walking Dead drove them into the ground. Oh, okay. I mean, they finally killed the the living dead. Jesus well, what, Christ. What do you got that's better? Gorilla wolf motherfuckers. <laughs> now, now hear me out. These are the creatures from Attack, Attack the Block, one of my favorite films of all time. But I know this would fall under the Alien banner, but I feel like Alien is, like, huge. Like yeah, so pretty broad. So broad. I mean, Alien's literally just any, anything, yeah, that we don't know. Like, and like anything, like almost anything. So, are you guys? Can I go with that, or should I pick something that's more of an actual species? No, I'm cool with it. Because I just like gorilla wolf motherfuckers. They never explain <laughs> what they really are, where they came from, yeah. how they came to be here. Um, they're just the coolest design. Yeah. Pitch black with neon blue teeth. Um, they fall from the sky. I love them. So, you know. Oh, they're super cool. It's very cool. Is that how you want it listed, though? Yes, Gorilla Wolf motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter will flag us and kick us off the internet, but we'll put it Worth in there. it. I Worth mean, it's it. Be better, better than what well, Andy, you know. Yes, his, it is better than Taylor favorite oh. Taylor Swift song, so. So true. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one. Everybody get your butts over to Twitter, including you, Brian Clark, and vote for who you <laughs> I'm think. I'm winning this week. Mm, we'll see about that. <laughs> I got a lot of accounts. And uh, vote for who picked the best monster it. species. And that's Pole Position. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome, Mike. It's movie time. Heck it's time yeah. to talk about these monster communities or societies or worlds, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it. And hopefully, if you're still confused by this topic, the movies will help make it more make more sense, or maybe confuse you even more. Let's find out. Jason, what's our first movie? Oh man, kicking it off so good with a movie I love so much. It's from 1990. It's Nightbreed. Who's buried in Midian? Ain't nothing but dead folk. Somewhere. <laughs> Hidden from sight, closer than you might think, is a place that's not on any map. Midian. Something's breathing there. It looks a lot like hell. But they call it home. There goes the neighborhood. They're not pretty. They're not neighborly. You'll come back now, you hear? They're not even human. But this time, they're the good guys. From the imagination of Clive Barker comes Nightbreed. You can't go down there! They have only one enemy. A beast called Man, sworn to destroy the Nightbreed. Sounds like we're going head-to-head -head with the devil himself. And only one chance. A man Boone! called Boon. It's time to fight! Go get him, boys! I'll kill you! What chance have we got? They're armed. So am I. Out of your deepest fears and your darkest fantasies, Clive Barker brings you a startling new breed of adventure. I won't let you down. Nightbreed. At last, the night has a hero. Outstanding. Mm hmm. So I, when I picked that trailer, I'm like, crap. He says the narrator talks through the whole thing. I'm like, do I even need to read anything? But uh, I'll read what I have anyway. But Aaron Boone is haunted by terrifying nightmares of a city of monsters. He goes to see a psychiatrist, Dr. Decker, for help. Played by David Cronenberg. But what Boone doesn't know is that Decker is really a serial killer. Decker frames Boone to take the fall for his murders, and Boone is killed by the police. But Boone is brought back to life by the monsters of his dreams, the Nightbreed who in turn join Boone in his quest to stop Decker from killing again. Written directed Clive Barker. Oh, yeah. And uh, Craig Schaefer, big star of this one. Like I said, uh, David Cronenberg uh, plays the big bad in this, and he's fucking awesome. He's I, awesome. I really love, loved him in this from the very beginning. And I mean, he, he plays it real soft I don't know how else to say it but like his voice is just perfect for a fucking bad dude I just love his voice um 
you know, I mean, I knew it, but like one of the big stars of this movie, I think, is the score by Danny Elfman. Um, yeah. It's, it makes just, it just, as he does with every movie, he takes it to another level of awesome. I'm really, uh, I, I love this movie from the minute it came out. Um, I, I, I love the monster aspect of it. Um, it was such a great universe. Clive obviously creates some of the craziest and weirdest and just bizarre ass worlds. And I always loved this one. And I'm curious. He, they just a couple years ago, he got to release a director's cut, the Cabal cut. And I personally, I, I love that version a lot. And we watched that version for this. I I assume you guys did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. And I, I don't know if it was the first time you got to, but I'm super curious on what you guys thought of this director's cut. My, I think is, I mean, besides uh, make, you know, fleshing out the story, uh, really filling in some holes and things, uh, we get like a million more monsters in this version. I don't know if you noticed that, but. Well, I was gonna—that was gonna be my question because this was the first time I've seen the director's cut, and this is the first time I've seen the movie in general since probably, you know, like the the nineties. Uh-huh. So I have no frame of reference on what what's different. My heart stopped for a second cut. when you said, "And it's the first time I've I seen." Know. It. I'm like, <laughs> "Are we gonna get a confession?" Like, oh, I know. Now he's never liked this movie. Well, my confession from? is that my confession is is back then I didn't really like the movie, so never really had interest to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, but I'll be honest with you: when I came up with this weirdo topic, I, this was one of the uh, main reasons to finally watch the director's cut. And you know, I, you know, I I think I think all horror fans go through s- certain phases, and I definitely went through in my younger years as a snobby phase and i've always been a guy who's like oh <laughs> something's too something's mainstream it, it sucks but uh um <laughs> twin peaks <laughs> so <laughs> so i um i back then was not a clive barker fan uh but i that has changed over the years and so it was definitely past due to rewatch it is it because he signed your uh uh-huh. Uh-huh, exactly yeah <laughs> insane <laughs> angel exactly why uh, uh, it's like he knew he knew he, he didn't like me back then so i'm gonna sign this in. wrong yeah <laughs> he's like uh, i know what you think about my movies <laughs> but i i appreciate this movie a lot more it, it's definitely fun and I, the concept of like a a hidden world of monsters is Always fun, always awesome, and yeah. love getting to see. It. So there are more monsters in this. A million then, more, because I loved those moments. That's my favorite stuff. Like uh, anytime, so that, cr- it looks like this movie was made at in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the 3D makeup class. It's like <laughs> everybody gets a monster in this movie. Let's start designing. Yeah, like everybody got a turn, and that and all of that stuff is great. I I wish we spent more time in that world and not in the real world in this oh, movie. Yeah. But and then yes, David Cronenberg and and uh you know, I I said it the other night when we watched it, I'm like this his look, his killer look. Oh, and the fucking mask is oh. got is like so nice. one of the coolest Fuck looking yeah. serial killer oh. slasher killer outlooks in a movie that unfortunately we only got one movie of. Mm-hmm. Would love to have seen another movie with that with that character and that look. 
100% the coolest looking fucking bad guys ever. Yeah. And, like, I wonder, I'm, I'm you know, just, just more in jest than anything else, but do you think uh, Neil Gaiman borrowed from this when he wrote Coraline? Just those button <laughs> eyes on the mask are freaking so, so cool and evil looking. Or, like, a little bit of, like, The Strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I can see that, too, a little bit. Uh, this, I have a few confessions. I mean, not, not a first time watch, not even a first time watch of the director's cut, but, um, I was like a late bloomer to this. I probably watched this in the mid two thousands for the first time. Um, it was one of those ones that it was like when I was starting to build up a physical media collection, I I got this on DVD and it was, you know, okay, it's pretty cool. And, mm-hmm. um, I do not, I rewatching the director's cut for the second time. I like Mike do not know what is different. Um, and, but of course I've only probably f- between the two of them have only seen it maybe five times. Mm. But, um, my, my biggest confession is until watching it this time, I put two and two together and realized that Decker was David Cronenberg. I'm like, I know that guy, I, and I've seen him and things. And and you know what's sort of sad is like my brain my brain clicked this time because I'm like, that's a dude from Jason X, fucking David Cronenberg. Oh, okay, yeah, you fucking idiot. Like I'm an idiot. Like you know, it's like what do you, you what do you do? Right. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, I'm like, what? God, I they're somewhere. Brian Clark's screaming because I realized <laughs> I I recognize David Cronenberg from Jason X. You can kick me <laughs> off the show now forever. Uh-huh. Take We're my horror card away. Sure. Yeah, take my horror card away. But um, no, I I I, I sort of uh, it's very nineties, yeah. and that's what sort of hurts it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It has. You can tell that this is like Clive Barker doing his thing, which is really cool. Like yeah. I, you know, he's he's sort of more obviously known as more of a writer, and his directing is sometimes you know people are question question his directing. But um, I think you know when you give him like he's doing his own material and he gets to sort of have fun. And I like your ask like your the way you word it, like, it seems like, you know, they, they went into like a makeup school and like everybody gets to have a fun monster. There's a moonhead guy uh-huh. and there's a horn guy. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to like, just see these characters. You could watch this on mute and still sort of have fun just looking at the oh, monsters yeah. in that world. Um, it, it, to be honest, and this is, this might be a movie that comes up in shout outs or honorable mentions. Um, but one that was pivotal to my horror upbringing growing up. Uh, and it, it, feels like an adult version of that a grown-up version is little monsters i knew it right and, <laughs> and this fe- i mean yeah. th- this is this feels like you know if he grew up and like uh, the the monster world is is actually dark and you can die and stuff you know what i mean like there's some scary stuff in little monsters but it's a lot more innocent than this and this but i also feel like this isn't in some ways sometimes i mean we know clive barker he's probably most well known for Hellraiser when there's ripping flesh from hooks and (laughs) disgusting stuff. And this is a little more bright and in the light and, you know, not as, um, sexual, I guess in some ways. And I don't know to me, it's, it has some really cool, neat stuff. It's not my favorite by any means, but it's, it's, it's a really cool something to rewatch every couple of years. Um, and as far as monster societies, I mean, this is the perfect fit, right? So, yep. I'm glad you came around to it though. Like I, I probably, mm-hmm. the first time I saw it, I had something in my mind just knowing Clive Barker from like Hellraiser, and then watched it. And I'm like, not quite the same, but uh, I can see where he's 
you know, his, his storytelling shines through, but it didn't, uh, didn't really do it for me the first time. And I've, I've grown to like it a little bit more over time. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely me. Yeah. I didn't like it at all the first time, but this viewing was much, and I don't know, again, it could, there, there could be reasons based on the cut that was released back then and the director's cut that made it better. I also agree with you on the 90s thing. It does feel very 90s, which does kind of hurt it. But, again, the monsters are definitely a lot of fun. I pre- my, my favorite designs of the monsters are the ones where they tried to really stray from normal human, human anatomy. Like, there's the one, like, oversized thing where it's, like, head is almost, like, in its stomach area or whatever. And that that's the ones I really like because otherwise, you know, a lot of times it's just like, oh, you know, it's a human with a weird a, head. There's a human with some, yeah, with, with some, some makeup on, with some makeup on, yeah. Yeah, my confession was just going to be, I, I mean, I, I don't have a list of all the things that are different. I just, I feel like the story is just uh, cleaner and filled out a little better. Not as quite. I mean, the the first version is tight as shit, but. Um, this one just gives more of the world, a little more of the story. But like, uh, my only thing is like this time watching it again. I love, I love the movie a lot, but the '90s is definitely the part that <laughs> it gets in the way. Some I don't know. It's just not. Sometimes the '90s vibe helps, but really, I don't know if it does in this one. But that's I remember this had like a huge lore around the cabal cut yeah and it was like you know on the internet it was like rumors that existed and that some people had seen it and that clive had it and you know then i think Mm -hmm. he started doing some theatrical screenings at festivals and it was like holy shit guys this will you know it's gonna come to blu-ray and uh you know and then eventually it did and i think they i don't remember if it was arrow or someone put out special edition and then you know now we're so spoiled we just hit shutter and it's like just sitting on there (laughs) you know but I just remember the lore about this and it's just cool. Like looking back at other films that we've lost, you know, like the, the uncut Friday 13th, we'll, we'll never have those intact because the footage is shit, you know, or ruined. And yeah. it's like, I'm so glad that whether you love this or not, film restoration is important. And I'm glad that yes. this footage existed and it's not like silent night, deadly night where it goes to like grainy shit quality when, it goes to the director's cut stuff. Like this was well-preserved. Clive got to make his cut of it, whether you like it or not, it exists and he got to do what he wanted with it. So that's cool in my book. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the film. All films should be, um, restored and, uh, all the elements kept in, you know, in good condition and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nightbreed. Nightbreed. All right. Well, I'm going to bring. I'm going to talk about the next movie. Uh, it's from. Do it. From 2014. Uh, it is digging up the marrow. In every society, there are the deviants, the ones who are pure evil. We've been shooting this documentary. Love to roll. Take one. 100 yards beneath the surface of the earth exists a metropolis that mirrors ours in very many respects. I call it the Marrow. William Decker claims that he's found monsters. Let's see their shapes, 
moving through the woods. Is he crazy? Um, is he is he mentally ill? Is it all a hoax? You believe this? You're a believer. What if this guy's conspiracy theories are all true? Please don't get hurt. It's right up there, the address to the marrow. Okay, do you, do you see anything? Oh God, he's right here in front of us now. I, I, I don't see it. Turn, turn it on. Turn no. the light. No, 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 no. Turn on the light if it's here. I want to no, see it. Turn off that light. Turn no. on the light. You're too blind to see what's going on around you. Well, you're gonna see. You're gonna see. Are you kidding me? You should just go. I warned you. I warned you. Some of them were dangerous. Mr. Decker, just tell me the truth about one single thing. They know we found them. Stay away. A documentary exploring genre-based monster art takes an odd turn when the filmmakers are contacted by a man who claims he can prove that monsters are indeed real. Digging Up the Marrow, it's uh, written, directed, and starring Adam Green. Uh, also has uh, also stars Ray Weiss, which is awesome. Love Ray Weiss. Uh, does fall into the found footage category, but you, it uses the found footage as the as a storytelling technique instead of trying to be like real footage. I mean, when you cast a well-known actor like Ray Weiss as a as another person, it's obviously not gonna trick you into thinking that it's real footage or anything. Um, so I really appreciate that this is a movie that that is within that found footage genre, but doesn't forcibly go out of its way to convince you that it's real, which a lot of times can take away from the telling of the story in and of itself, where the story and and the characters come first, and the found footage thing is just uh, a device to tell the story. Um, I, I love this movie. I've seen it dozens of times. I'm an Adam Green fan. I really am. I think we all are. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I've always really enjoyed this movie. Um, it, it's definitely very, very Adam Green. Uh, (laughs) the, the horror stuff is, is got some, it's got some good jump moments some good, some good scares. The, his creatures are super cool. I just wish we would see them more. Um, again, being in the found footage genre, they, they keep things uh, in the shadows or very quick shots of things and not get full scopes, which is a bummer because this whole um, this whole project was spawned out of Adam Green getting a fan letter uh, from... Uh, can't remember i think it actually maybe the guy the guy's name was william decker i don't remember uh and it had all this art from this guy of this like basically this whole world and universe they created where monsters are real and they they live underground in their own little community and society and uh and it just really inspired adam like the the and i've seen a lot of the art well you can see a lot of the art they use actually a lot of the party okay thank you Alex Party. Um, uh, they used a lot of his art in the films. So you get to see some of the beautiful drawings that he did. 
And uh, so this is what inspired Adam to make the movie was this guy's art and the whole mythology and, and, and world that this artist created around it. Um, and so, so some really cool monster creations and you don't get to see them very much. Uh, but, uh, to, it doesn't ruin the movie by any regards. Just, you know, my eye candy brain just wants to see more cool monsters. Yeah, I'm, but it, it's better for it. Um, I hate to argue well, with you, but. no, you're, you're right. I think so too. A million percent. You're right. I'm just saying, I, I, I'm openly admitting this is just, you know, the little comic book child brain in me wanting to see cool monsters. But yeah, and and I love I love 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 how ind- you know independent it feels. You know, it's 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 really about only three or four people in the entire movie, uh, other than you know some cameos, some, some, some cameos, some stolen some stolen footage he filmed at freaking <laughs> horror conventions and stuff yeah. with some other celebrities, which is great stuff. I love the scene. Um, where he's talking to Mick Garris and I can't remember who else was in that scene, and they're talking about, and and w- the whole William Decker thing gets brought up and how he's crazy. It, yeah, he's crazy, and then it it comes to light that William Decker, like Adam Green, was not the first choice. He's like the last choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he went to everybody else first. <laughs> yeah. So was it Joe Dante? I don't think he. No. Who else no. is in this? There were some, some was great it? horror cameos. Was it Landis? No, I don't think it was Landis. He's a Fright Night director. Oh, yeah, Tom Holland, which okay, makes yeah, sense yeah. because Tom Holland was also in um, Hatchet 2, so they already have a re- working relationship together. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. Love Jason, it, love it, love do it. you want to go first or you want me to go? Um... I'm going first. Go so for that, it. Uh, uh, it's I fucking I fucking love this movie. Woo, good. Yeah, uh, this is great. I I loved it the whole. I loved it then. I I love it now. I um I I love the faux documentariness of it. It's like fun fun good writing. I'm glad he got to do that. Um, it's great. Seeing the place and all his friends and and the Aeroscope team and getting to play parts. I'm happy for them to get to be in a movie too. It's a great thing for that. But then when it... I fucking... Every single time the monsters are on the screen, it's fucking scary. Like, yeah. I don't care. The scene uh, where the one jumps on the ev- car and the, every the one's scene, right in front of the headlights and everything. Yeah. Every scene there's a monster that you see it is a scary scene and it's awesome they do a great job of it um just downright fucking scary and and so the whole point of the movie is great as far as what it does to you is is like do you believe this guy or not they ask the question through the whole movie a lot do you believe this guy do you believe in monsters and you're just you're with adam you want to believe and you do you don't you and it, oh it's just a great fun ride of 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 figuring this out and just being there with them i i love it i love this movie yeah i love this too i i love that adam green has a signature feel even yeah 
it's like across like frozen is a very like serious um sort of suspenseful horror with not a lot of um joy to it not tongue-in-cheek at all very mean-spirited then you have the hatchet movies that are very fun and they're brutal but they have a lot of comedy in them and their homages to the movies he grew up loving and then we have this which is completely different but they all sort of feel cohesive in that adam greenness like that independent feel to them he's always sort of had that relationship with his fans as well where it's like he's one of us you know he's he's a fan too and i funny enough um had been an Alex party fan before he did this movie. So when I heard that those two were teaming up to make something, I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Um, I think I discovered Alex through this really weird piece he did, which was like a watercolor of Steve Urkel with like vampire looking teeth. And it's like a really cool watercolor. Um, but he's created, I have a few of the shirts actually. I have a really cool shirt of a watercolor painting he did of Sam from trick or treat. Um, and I just love the idea of like, I've always loved Alex's art on monsters and and then how it went from that to making this fake documentary. And I love the independent spirit of not showing these monsters because we know with his budget, if you would have shown too much, it probably really would have ruined the illusion. Um, Because I I imagine it would be nearly impossible to take that artwork. That's sort of crazy watercolors and turn those monsters into physical form. Um, so just giving us a glimpse, it's, it's very much in the vein of watching ghost hunter shows, but not, um, not as hokey, I guess you would say, but, uh, Ray Weiss is awesome. Cause he plays it completely straight. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's a very good actor and to oh, get yeah. his, an actor of his caliber in this sells it, you know, it's like, we're so, I mean, Adam's not a, uh, he, he will probably say the same thing. He's not a great actor. Um, and then he has his cameos and stuff and, Ray, this is on Ray Weiss's shoulders the whole time. Like this movie relies on him and he brings it. And it's just, it's just a really cool concept. Um, stands out on its own and it's, it's really compact. There's no like drag at all. It's really cool. It's a really cool idea. Um, yeah, I've, I big fan of this one. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend, love it. Check it out. I will say though, I, I, I really, I thought, Adam did a good job in his performance. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just especially saying. Especially in those scenes where he's kind of fed up with uh, Ray Weiss's character and they kind of are at each other's throats. I mean, it's probably, and I think he's even probably confessed this, that, uh, you know, I mean, when you're working with when you're working with a really good actor, you know, they, they help pull performances out of you. And I think... Ray probably pulled some some real emotion out of out of Adam in those in those scenes, but yeah, I mean when when Adam's just all pissed off and they're yelling at each other back and forth, those it, it are really good moments, I think, for Adam. Yeah, and it, but uh, it, he he's I, I don't want to even you know do any nitpicking, but it's like, and maybe this is a thing, a good thing, you know, it just it, it, maybe the little signatures is like he always has to whether it's Holliston or whatever, it's like, we're going to get some weird cameo from Kane Hodder and some other <laughs> veteran horror actor. But he, he did squeeze the, the Kane Hodder one did not feel forced where it was like, yeah, yeah. How do we move this along? Bring in a non-believer who thinks this footage is too good to be true. Like this is complete bullshit. You made this up. And I, I really like that part. Uh, 
just, you know, when you literally, we start to go down the rabbit hole and, you know, Ray Weiss is getting pissed because he finds out they put up the, these cameras and lights and all this stuff and put up that like street lamp, lamp and stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's a cool little tight, compact, fun. It's like a movie that you, you, I don't know. It's like a popcorn flick for me. It's it like, I had to be in the right mood to watch Frozen, his, his, uh, you know, winter horror movie like that's heavy that's heavy shit uh-huh. that that is torturous this one is while it has some jump scares and and some pretty terrifying stuff in it it's definitely more of a popcorn flick for me so yeah i i agree with that again i just i really love the almost guerrilla style filmmaking aspect of this i just i love the idea mm-hmm. of you know for example when they're shooting at the airport and stuff you know adam and will are um actually going they're really flying to like a convention to promote the second season of Holliston so they're like well we're here we should film <laughs> scenes for digging up the marrow and I love that stuff mm-hmm. I love like let's make the best use of our time I mean yeah you you guys can relate to that like you've you've probably been there oh yeah for sure a lot Absolutely. of our our indie you know filmmaker friends that's exactly what they do is like you know I don't have to get a, I'm not, I don't have you probably have a permit I'm at a convention surrounded by all these legendary directors let's get a scene with them you know I have yep. the camera let's get some footage I remember us always being torn with one thing though Mike what's that Ray Wise who is fucking awesome in this movie uh-huh. he's amazing and great but. Every moment up until he's introduced, I think we just thought if um, there was a no-name actor there, they could have really played this as a real documentary. Sure. Where the second we see Ray Wise, we're like, oh, this is really just a scripted thing pretending to be this thing. So there was always like, I wonder if... But I don't think Adam... Never intended to go that route with this movie, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it, too, is like, if Adam Green is starring in this movie as the as the uh, documentarian who ends up something bad happening to him at the end, then we definitely know it's not real, right? So, I, again, I go back to what I said in the beginning of, of like... Uh, using Using the found footage as a storytelling device and not... Just trying to convince us that it that it's that it's real footage. I think maybe I mean maybe what you're kind of saying too is that those scarier moments could be maybe even scarier if we are put into the situation more. And when found footage movies try to make us believe that this is real footage, that helps us put it in, into it. And maybe Ray Wise being there takes us out of it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I can and I can agree. I can see that and I can agree with that. But still, yeah, love it. Still a great movie. Before we move on, I've done some more research on Nightbreed. Sorry. No, that's great. We were saying a lot of things, and there's actually four different cuts of this movie. Um, There's the original theatrical, and then there's the director's cut, which we watched, which has 45 new minutes of footage. Only, but only twenty. It's only twenty minutes longer than the original cut. So uh-huh. they had they they removed they took, stuff, removed, out. They took yeah. stuff out. And then there's um, the cabal the cabal cut, which is almost two and a half hours long. 
And I have seen that one because the extra so, extra footage in that's not fully processed. Oh. You can tell when it's new footage. Yeah. Because it feels like, ooh, that's ugly or that's grainy or that doesn't look like the rest. And that's two and a half hours. And then he releases a ultimate <laughs> cabal cut. Which is what is this Blade Runner? 199. It's almost three hours long. It's over with three everything. hours long with everything. Everything. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that yet. But so yes, there are, we watched the director's cut. I guess I didn't. I guess I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize there was a difference between the. Cabal I started cut to wonder that as we guy. were talking. I'm like, ah, I better look just to. And you, now that you mention it, at no point when we watched it on Shutter did. What, does it say anywhere that it's the Cabal Cut? And I remember right. when they came out with the Cabal Cut, it yep. was always called the Cabal Cut, the Cabal Cut. Yep. And now you'll see it on DVDs and Blu-rays. It'll say the director's cut. So Interesting. Which is okay. A, everyone likes that version, it seems like, because it just smooths out the story. The, but with, with, with the Cabal the directors. Cut? Directors. So people are liking the directors better than the Cabal? Mm, I don't know. Prob uh, probably for its fully finished feel with a better well, story than the sort of theatrical. Well, and I think, too, there's, men there's the mentality of like, hey, if it's the director's cut, then we are getting the true what, director's he, vision. Yeah. So, yeah. Just like I always wish they would do a director's, they would allow a director's cut of Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to clear some of that up. Awesome. Thank you for adding to that. You know, because I mean, you know, when we're watching a different version of it, it's nice to have some more of that clarity. And mm -hmm. anyway, so Tad, what's our next movie we're going to talk about? Our next movie is the uh, Great Yokai War, aka Yokai Monsters, um, Demon. I, I don't know. Spook warfare. Spook warfare. mention is two two minutes of music because none of us know Japanese so this version was better than a bunch of Japanese back to the music.
Okay, that trailer explains about as just just, just about as much <laughs> oh, as I'm man. going to oh. be able to explain. Yes. Um, when a Babylonian vampire comes to old Japan, an army of Japanese demons and ghosts gather and battle him. Apparently, uh, <laughs> this uh, I get. I, I'm thinking this is from what I've I, my little bit of googling. This is part of a sort of uh, franchise of yokai monsters movies. It was a trilogy back in the late '60s. Um, okay, this was this one was from '68. It, it, was it the one in the middle? It's the middle one. I okay. wanted really bad f- to start with the first one because um, then that way maybe things would would be explained. But I was also <laughs> under I, the I assumption. Doubt it. Well, I was also under the assumption that uh, these movies stand alone. So I I felt better about picking this one. And then after watching it, and I'm like. Oh, the guys are going to be so confused. <laughs> uh, you know, if well, nothing no. else, if nothing else, this is a wild ride to watch. Um, it definitely gave me, um, you know, I, I, this is something, you know, that makes me think of the movies I play at my uh, my birthday gathering. Yeah, Godzilla will like yeah. this one. I know Brian Clark, oh. we could probably bring him in um, Joe Bob style right now and he could teach us the history of these films. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I just I just want to say a disclaimer real quick, and then I'll, I'll let you finish, Ted. I'm sorry. No, but you're good. Disclaimer, like Brian, if you're listening, you should not be driving because I know there's going to be <laughs> lots of moments you're going to be yelling at us for not knowing stuff because I'm going to refer in my review of this. I'm going to refer to a lot of the different monsters and not knowing any of their names, and you're going to be sitting there as like that one's called. <laughs> Correct. I mean, we have. Um... We have uh, the the duck guy. We have long neck lady. Um, we have Hey Arnold with the football head. I, was good. <laughs> uh, I do know the yeah. duck. The duck one is 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 a gappa. That's the frog. only. That's it's the only Howard. Howard the duck. Um, oh my! I I cannot tell you. I mean, literally reading that um, line when when a Babylonian vampire. I don't remember a vampire oh. comes to old Japan. Oh. An army of Japanese demons and ghosts gather and battle him. Um, I've already said that line, and I'm just reading it out loud again to see if it brings anything back to me after watching this. Um, it's visually, I mean, I, I had to bring Nikki in the room. She was like doing laundry <laughs> in the other room. I'm like, you got to see this lady with a long neck. She's like killing someone with her neck. And she's like, this is homework for the podcast. And she's like, yeah, like, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. This is why you don't. This is why I watch these movies by myself. Um, I mean, to, to again, we we've been pulling the curtain so much, we probably ripped it off by now. But um, this was not our first Mike's first choice for the third movie. Uh, huh? This was a, a a replacement for one that we had already watched, and uh, maybe if we did a part two replace it with little monsters i don't know but um <laughs> it's i'm not mad about it it's not a bad movie like it's it's not one where i'm angry that you picked it um i just am i, I don't know what i watched it i think <laughs> i don't know what happened in it um and but visually it's cool the monsters are very unique yes uh-huh. um they it does not feel like they went to a makeup school and said, make up your own monster. It looks like a fucking fever dream. It looks like someone took bit. mushrooms and created these guys. Or um, maybe elementary kids like wrote, took crayons and drew them on paper and someone created them as That's real monsters. Yeah, so um, I can't wait to hear what you guys 
have to say about this one because I'm sure you watched it and completely understood it, right? I I actually did. You I, it? When you read that, I'm like, yeah, that's what I saw. And okay. uh, I mean, I, I I wasn't prepared for the vampire part, but like I got that right away. I'm like, oh well. Well, yeah, he starts biting. He starts on biting necks, necks and turn. Uh, yeah, this the cursed one returns with the big giant head and starts attacking this family and turning them into bad dudes. And then all the spirits that live around the house are like, I don't like these. These guys are being bad dudes. Let's fight the evil spirit and get our dudes back. And so they band together and try to fight off the the bad dudes. And, um, yeah, I kind of really liked it a lot. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I I love old Japanese stuff. I, I mean, I, I really enjoy kung fu movies. So, like, I, I'm totally anything from old Japan. I sure that don't mind era. it. I yeah. sure don't mind it at all. And uh, I thought so, like the the fever dream part of it i'm like yeah yeah they're crazy over there i, <laughs> I mean that nicely um but it was just it's just great um seeing them all just battling and fighting and see i don't i don't remember how it ends i don't know if i fell asleep or not but i don't know if it matters you couldn't remember what was a dream and what was a movie that's um, that too maybe mystics in bali uh <laughs> I very felt like you know spiritually there these movies could be a good double feature. Well, it's interesting you say that because as outrageous as the creature is in Mystics of Bali, and as weird as the monsters in the, in this movie, they are all based on actual lore of their respective respective countries like the and i think that might help too to understand that right uh, in watching these yokai movies that they're all based on you know where in the united states we have like werewolves and vampires and zombies in japan they have like an umbrella with a face on it <laughs> that's one of their ancient yep. monsters you know and it, i just i dare either of you to Go down the rabbit hole. Just look up like yokai monster or yokais in on like Wikipedia or something, and like a list of different yokai creatures and read about them. They are some of the weirdest, but I also think coolest like monsters out of any culture, because like there's like one. It's not featured in these movies, but there's like one that there's like one monster that goes around and and cleans bathrooms. That's its lore, you know. It's, <laughs> they've got some just really weird stuff and i love it and and i and you get a lot of that in these yokai movies and in you know pretty yeah pretty simple premise like jason was saying like there's a bad guy and then there's like other there's like there's a bad guy monster taking over the the human Starts community the, yep. so the good guy monsters come in it's very very comic book superhero mm-hmm. plot line right um I love the monsters. Yes, you know, it's very Oh yeah. You know, and it's not like super awesome effects or anything, but they're just cool looking. I love the, the umbrella <laughs> yeah. one is one of my favorites. The one-legged umbrella. Yeah, the one wearing a sandal. <laughs> I love that one. And um and I love how too like they kind of they all have you you get to see highlights of some of their own unique abilities. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 see somebody gliding down like when the when the vampire guy goes all kaiju at, towards the end of the movie, 
Um, and like all of the freaking <laughs> monsters show up and try to battle this, try to battle this guy. And, uh, one of the other yokais, I can't remember which one, is is gliding down from high up above using the umbrella guy as he's opened up, and you know that's just cool. You know, you got the long neck like, neck lady, um, who I think is the creepiest of all the yokais, and mm-hmm. I love I love how they do her effects. I, I love how they, you know, you'll see like the body and the the neck goes around, and just at the right moment at the end of the neck, there, there's like a hole in the way where the real lady could be <laughs> yep. hidden behind it and sticking her head out you know that shit's this cool um and you know and she uses her superpower of str- super stretchy neck to try to stop the vampire guy you know they all just have their little you know the gappa spits water at the <laughs> at this is the, the original suicide squad yeah it totally is <laughs> and i think that's why i like it because i make i can easily make correlations to like superhero comics but it's just all just like really just outrageous and weird monsters i wish we could have i had only ever seen the first one which is called a hundred monsters or something like that i think um yeah yeah yokai monsters 100 monsters that one uh it says it comes out came out in the same year as this one so that's interesting but i freaking loved that one i wish i still had my dvd of it um but i had never seen the other two uh this one and the other one uh the third one which is um what's it called yokai yokai monsters what the fuck (laughs) yep that's it um it's part four (laughs) Those were both streaming on YouTube, but I but the other the third one didn't have subtitles, so I picked. That's why I picked this one. Yeah, because that really helped. (laughs) 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 And then in the two thousands, in the two thousand teens, Takashi Miike made some yokai movies, and I really wanted to pick one of those. Yeah, but can't find those streaming for free anywhere either. So, so I went with this one. And I lo- I loved it too. Super weird, but fun. Well, that's why it's fun because it's weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, but you still had fun watching it, Ted. Right? Even though you oh, didn't absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, like yeah. Nikki, like come I, here. That means good. <laughs> right? Uh, like I said, it was. It's there's times where you just pick downright bad movies. This is not a bad movie. Not yeah. be. It's like. I don't have to understand it to enjoy the hell out of what's happening. I, I mean, I was sending you guys pictures as I'm watching it. Like, Andy, you're missing out on this, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a there's a duck guy fighting a, a fucking platypus woman. I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but it's weird and it, it feels like I'm having a fever dream. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Just looking at this poster is like mm-hmm. fucking cool. I'm all gathered. Yeah. All right, well, those are the movies, folks. Um, that is it for the topic. Hopefully you understand the topic now. Probably not. Um, but uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll, it'll be segments time here on the show. Uh, you're going to hear a promo during the break here of our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, or the PFPN. Now, with our 31st podcast on the network... <laughs> The I Like It Spooky podcast. Finally. Finally. Featuring attacker and last drive-in letter writer, Brian Godsill. <laughs> I Like It Spooky. Um, definitely want to welcome them to the podcast network. 
Uh, it's your go-to podcast for any horror, anything horror-related, where they always keep it spooky. Horror movie reviews, news, and so much more. So check them out and all the shows at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. We are back. So it's segments time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast, and we're going to start off like we always do, hearing from you guys, the listeners. Here's Jason with shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! All right, we asked, what are your favorite horror movies involving monster societies? And we got one reply, <laughs> and a lot of people saying, what's that mean? Um, but we got Brian Clark, of course. Yeah, he knew. Yeah, he says, the three Showa-era yokai films from, Aha! from <laughs> di- there's like four vowels in a row, Dai-i-i-i. <laughs> D-A-I-E-I. How are you supposed to say that? He'll tell us later. Are excellent. <laughs> is the 2005 one by Takashi Miike. I haven't had a chance to see the new one from last year, so the verdict is still out. He says, the first Kibikichi uh, about a ronin werewolf protecting a town of yokai from a warlord with a Gatling gun is also awesome. Yes. But the second one, the second one kind of blows. And that's it. Nothing on Twitter or Instagram. Or none of that, but oh, look at there, looky there, somebody just called in, what's this? Hey, attackers, Brian here for my bi-weekly phone call, and Jason's got me a little confused. I guess everybody on the podcast has me a little confused, because I'm not sure what monster <laughs> societies are. But I've heard of this society where if you're sleeping on Friday night, and Joe Bob's reading your letter on the last drive-in, you wake up and you have a bunch of messages from other attackers and other people on the podcast network. <laughs> Hope you guys have a great week. Take care. Bye. Oh yeah, it, he he told me he's like everyone I know is so fucking tired of hearing me talk about my letter being <laughs> read on Joe. I'm like, no, dude. Well, so we love awesome. it. Yes, we're just as excited as you are, man. Absolutely. And uh, you too can get your voicemail on the show. It's not too late, so give us a call at four one five nine five two six eight five seven or four one five nine five AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail and get on the show, and that is shout-outs. But one more segment to go. It's time for Insane Picks. I was just stalling to get to the button. Here we <laughs> go. <laughs> okay, so I've been thinking... Um, of, of, uh, eventually, I'm not there yet, uh, but, uh, closing the doors on the Hall of Fame for a while. 
Oh. I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I didn't get some of the big ones in there, which I've avoided this whole time, just because, like, how can you do some of the big ones in such a short little segment? And, you know, they're also the most obvious ones, stuff like that. But they have to be inducted. Um, so there's still more Hall of Fames to come. And might be stretched out for a while because some of the some of the big ones on my list um, may be two parters, three parters. Who knows? Just based on the uh, based on their filmography and their history and their contribution to the world of Insane's picks. But I just want to give you guys a heads up because I have an idea on where to take Insane's picks next after the Hall of Fame, and I'm kind of excited about it. Before any of all of that, um, we're go- this guy we're going to induct this time, though. He's an actor, a director, producer, rockabilly singer, trash film historian, and wrestling manager and promoter. I know him best for his contribution to my favorite music video label from the 80s, Rhino Records. Mm-hmm. So for this Insane's Picks Hall of Fame, we induct the legend, um, well, Johnny Legend. Johnny Legend has truly done it all and then some. Johnny's vast career spans over four decades. Uh, he was born Martin Marluz on October 3rd, 1949 in San Fernando, California. Despite Johnny's vast obsessions, his first love was country music. And as a fan, he would practice Hank Williams songs in his bedroom and watched Ernest Tubb on television. Johnny Legend formed the folk rock group Seeds of Time and first started establishing his outrageous rock and roll wildman persona in 1966. By 1970, Johnny began playing 50s rock and roll songs with the band Blue Midnight. He recorded numerous songs for Ronnie Weiser's Rollin' Rock Records and fronted the band Rollin' Rock Rebels in the 70s. In 1977, Johnny Legend co-wrote and produced two popular novelty songs, or, uh, sorry, he co-wrote and produced the popular novelty song Pencil Neck Geek for wrestler Fred Blassie. That, that same year, his crude porno comedy Teenage Cruisers was released. In 1983, Johnny co-wrote and co-directed the offbeat comedy feature My Breakfast with Blassie featuring um, featuring Fred Blassie and legendary avant-garde comic Andy Kaufman. In the 1990s, Legend promoted wrestling matches and managed various wrestlers. In 1995, he founded the Incredibly Strange Wrestling Federation. Now, I know what you're all saying. Music, wrestling, it's all awesome and great and stuff, but what does Johnny Legend have to do with Insane's Picks movies? Johnny is a massive film historian, especially of the weird and strange stuff, basically that fits right into Insane's Picks type of cinema. My, the first time I became aware of Johnny Legend was on the BBC show Incre- Incredibly Strange Film Show, where Legend was on an episode about Mexican wrestling movies, where he shared all of his amazing Santo and other mes- uh, wrestling Mexican wrestling uh, movie knowledge. This vast knowledge in trash cinema led to producing and or directing many documentary and compilation videos released on the Rhino label throughout the 80s, such as Sleazomania, Sleazomania Strikes Back, 
Sleazomania 3, The Good and Bad and the Sleazy. Oh, it's good. Sleazomania on Parade. The Rhino Sex, The Rhino Guide to Safe Sex, Dopomania, Bill Lugosi, A Vampire Scrapbook, TV Turkeys, The World's Worst Television Shows, and Battle of the Bomb. All of which I remember seeing in the Rhino Records catalog and wanting to own all of them. And someday I will. Johnny Legend played um, an uh, instrumental role in rediscovering and re-releasing countless obscure cartoons, low-budget horror flicks, and groovy exploitation pictures that otherwise might have been vanished into oblivion. Now, as an actor, and uh, we may know him best, uh, the, the mark that he made on such cult films as The Cat That Ate the Parakeet in 1972, Star Slammers from 1986, Bride of the Reanimator in 1990, Severed Ties, and Hell Roller, which I have a feeling we're going to have to do on the show, in 1992. It's about a, it's a slasher film where the slasher is in a wheelchair. Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest in 1995, Bug Buster in 1998, 2001 Maniacs in 2005, and was even in the biopic about his good friend Andy Kaufman, Man on the Moon, in 1999. So, for this Insane's Picks Hall of Fame, we induct a man who is a legend in wrestling, a legend in trash cinema, a legend in rockabilly music, and also a legend in his name. We induct Johnny Legend. All right, folks, that is it for another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Woo! Did it. That was a good one. It was fun. Miss you, Andy. We do miss Andy, though. It wasn't quite the same. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Just kidding. We love and miss you, Andy. We do. We you probably really would have. I'd love to hear his take on Yokai Monsters. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, he should still watch the movies like Jason did when he missed the last a bonus episode. video. He gets to uh, oh, you know yeah. give his yeah. good call yeah. his review. Yeah, maybe that maybe we should make us all we should all do that. Like anytime we miss an episode, we have to yep. do our reviews as a as a video bonus. I like it. Yep. good call. Anyway, whatever. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks to the attackers out there for being an attacker and supporting the show. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. And until next time, we'll talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer!